0: welcome to another episode of the world-class agency podcast and today we're joined by charlotte dyer of regal estate she's going to talk to us um, about her uh, business and how they've grown their um, lettings management we're going to try and not talk too much about um, the issue of the day during the interview uh, my name is mark warrell from love to move i'm joined as ever uh, by sam hunter from home search Sam, hey, let's not talk too much coronavirus, but what's going on?
1: <laughs> let's do everything we possibly can, uh, not to. I just want to say I'm sorry to you and anyone else who's listening to this for the moment as well, because my headphones seem to have died. And so I'm talking at you from a very loud and echoey living room, but, you know, whatever, we'll get on with it. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about the big C. Let's try and talk about uh, anything else that's going on in the world as well. For everybody who is not watching what I'm watching now, Mark's <laughs> wife has just absolutely ninja like what looks to be like a kid's play gym over his head while we're recording this. That was magnificent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm guessing I'm not the only one at the moment balancing work and um, home life. So, yeah, you're quite right. That was my wife trying to remove um, the play market play um a little thing for the for the boys to play with so i'm set up in our spare room we do not have the ability to set up a proper office so i'm squeezed into my spare room sam can see kind of kids toys behind me and and what have you and i'm sure like 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 many estate agents and any other profession as well it must be said at the moment we're balancing um, work life and just making do with with what we've got as, as best we can and trying to keep positive
1: Agreed. How is working from home going?
0: Um, so today is my first full day working from home. Um, I've got, for those that listen regularly, will will know I've got two young children. Uh, Zach is two, Leo is five. That makes working from home a particular challenge. That I can't set up on the dining room table. Our house, unfortunately, is not big enough for me to um, have a study or, or anything like that. So. Um, I get really frustrated when I'm not particularly productive. Um, I don't feel today like I've been particularly productive. Um, Our team has been at home for the last couple of days. I don't think we've been overly productive um, as a a group. So that's something that I'm going to be addressing over the next 24 hours. Um, You were very kind to have a webinar um, today. So I'm going to be ripping off some of the stuff that that we talked about on that. Thank you very much. Um, And I think the big thing for me, that I took out of that webinar, if you're quite happy for me to share it, Sam, is to have a close the day meeting as well. So it's sort of 20 past four now, and we're coming towards the end of the day and I think I need to try and wrap up with my team, um, what's gone well, what's gone not so well. Um, and it's just getting used to working in a different way, I think
1: yeah I, I would agree with that. hundred uh, percent. like one of the reasons none of us ever work from home either, and still don't really know what we're doing. Um but it's become really clear that the more you talk, the easier it becomes. and the less maybe maybe not the easier it becomes, but the less mistakes happen. um so we've I've had to mute our slack channels while we're doing this because my phone, it's just going to be in the background going off and everyone's just going back and forth. And it it got to a point where we said, right, if the two same people are going back and forth, questing each other three or four times, you just got to pause it and you've got to jump on a hangout or you've got to pick up the phone and talk to people. Like you really have to keep those lines of communication clear. Um, Certainly that's what I found trying to manage, you know, 20 odd people all trying to do and take responsibility for their own things. like our developers are incredible. I don't know how they do it, but they just, maybe it's because that's how they're used to speaking. Whereas I'm, I'm that guy that like runs around the office and jumps behind someone. is like, what are you doing? Tell me what you got. What do you got going on? Let's do this. Let's do that. And tapping people on shoulders and stuff. And so unfortunately it's Felicity that's copying the most of that now. And I've just, I feel really bad because I've been, on webinars or on Facebook lives or doing stuff like this all day today. And I've relegated her to our bedroom. And one of our work from home rules was don't do work from the bed. Um, You know, I'm a big believer in uh, beds of two things Mm. and uh, to have her, unfortunately our house isn't big enough for us both to do as well. And she's been gracious enough to say, right, you've got relatively important shit to do today. So you can have the living room and, but tomorrow, uh, if we have to, we're switching back. And I was like, all right, cool. We'll make it work. So I what just need a sunshade. There, mate? Yeah, I just need a sunshade so I can sit outside. But if I did that, I'd be getting sunburned all day at the moment. So yeah, uh, it's, yeah work from home going all right. I don't know whether it's something I want to do for my entire career, but if it's three weeks, it's four weeks, then I'll sack it up and we will make the most of it.
0: Maybe, maybe um, now would be a good time. So we are recording basically as we will put this out we will put this out tonight so if anyone's listening um and they have had a lot of success working from home or you know want to come on and talk about um some of the challenges as well i think that'd be a good podcast for for next week whereas because we're only going to get better at this right you know we always talk about um learning a lot you oh, know stephen brown mentioned didn't he every day is a learning day today's been a massive learning day for me because i've learned what I can do, what I can't do. If I spend too much time downstairs, Leah wants me to go into the garden and play rugby, which is great as a dad, not so much as a business owner, um, trying to run a business and trying to take some um, advantage of what clearly are, you know, some pretty big opportunities out there in the market if you're willing to work hard and, and dig deep and find them.
1: Agreed. Sorry, I uh, my computer is playing up on me and it sounds like it's about to take off from runway two. So I'm muting myself as you're speaking. Uh, yeah, you just like, Jerry Lyons said it really well. You know, he's like, act like a Dalek, communicate, communicate, communicate. And I love that. And I, <laughs> like, I feel really bad because we're not part of his little, uh, part of his content club. But I share everything that he says with my team. And I'm like, guys, this is what Jerry's done now. You should look at this and you should read this and we should do that. And so I, I'm probably getting more from Jerry than, than we're giving him right now. Um, but we'll make that up to him long term, and it, it is exactly that. Like I spoke in this webinar, you've got to be the conduit of information in your marketplace. Mm. You've got to do everything you can to share what you're hearing. You know, part of that is being an expert on the property market and telling people what's going on and telling them what their property is worth or what is still selling or letting around them. But the majority of what you do has to be you speak to a parent who's had a really good day about moving jungle gyms in their house and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then you go to the rest of your database and you say, I was speaking to Mark and Rachel the other day, you know, they've got two young boys who are two and five at home. This is what they're doing to keep them sane. If there's any tips out there for you guys, maybe you can learn off these and you just become the information giver for everybody within your market. And I think that that's how you really shift the narrative around what an estate agent does and what yeah, yeah. anybody uh, may perceive of you as well moving forward, and there's a real opportunity to do that now because there's not a lot else you can do.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, That's... one of the big things that you talked about being a conduit of information and what have you that I really, really liked was if you see an article on BBC News that is you know relevant even partially to the market, so you could have you could have jumped on a video nine o'clock last night and said, right, guys, we're in full lockdown. Um, we're not able now to conduct viewings, but what we have got is we've got virtual viewings. And um, for anyone listening that hasn't watched Chris Watkins' um, video on how um, vendors can record their own virtual viewings, I would encourage you to do so straight away. I've 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 recorded quite a few um, video walkthroughs of our properties over the last week or so um, and i've just booked our first virtual viewing in as well because it was a viewing that was scheduled for this afternoon that obviously we've had to cancel um so looking forward to seeing how that plays out and how you know maybe that could be another tool in our kit bag moving forward
1: it's a time to learn right um i I don't think that there is really anything else that you can do nor a, a mindset really that you can um Adopt. I think if people come at this from, oh, well, it's all over, then it is. But if they come at this from, I'm going to smash it and I'm going to get all the listings and I'm going to get every instruction on the market and go after my own stock, then you won't win either because you'll just suck uh, the empathy out of the room and you're probably doing what everybody out there expects a typical estate agent that buys into that perceived reputation to do. So, yeah, mate, I, I would say Stephen's putting great stuff out. Jerry's putting great stuff out. Uh, Simon and David are doing like daily podcasts where everything that they're putting out right now is just practical and actionable. You know, there's nothing super special about what anybody's putting out there. But if you listen to it and you do the work, then you will put yourself in a really good stead to come out this other side, you know, a better human being, but a better estate agent as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that I expect um, Charlotte to talk to us about as mm. well was um, processes. So we had um, yeah. Rob on the pod um, probably a couple of months ago now. He talked about um, obviously what they're doing at Iceberg and a little bit about what they're doing at, at Regal Estates. And I'm sure Charlotte will go into more more depth about the processes. But um, for any agent that's listening, but, you know, the stuff that we've talked about, what I would really um, encourage you to do is have a look at all of your processes. Um, Asad Riaz from Location, Location, Location um, did a podcast episode on the Estate Agents podcast. If you haven't, haven't listened to that, I would encourage everyone to take a listen and um, implement his OGAP in processes. It's one of the things that we'll be doing over the next um the next few weeks definitely it's it's time to work on the business rather than in the in the business in my opinion
1: yeah you're exactly right I will send our apologies to Assad because his business is only called location location but that's
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> well I'm sure I'm sure he'll let me off yeah. um this time round. yeah uh, well I think I might have done it before as well actually which you probably could have pointed <laughs> that out to me before now but hey ho location yeah. location or add another location you know squared or cubed or whatever yeah we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll go from there shall we um shall we introduce charlotte before i get someone else's name wrong
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's jump in <laughs> Today's guest is the current Lettings Director at Regal Lettings in Canterbury. She manages a team of 10 who together run and grow a portfolio of now over 650 properties. She's consistently grown the portfolio year on year and over her 13-year career uh, with landlord and tenant service right at the center of her strategy to win and retain business with every client they have. We know her as the smarter, harder working and better half of the estate agency couple she's a part of. Charlotte Dyer, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast.
2: Hello, thanks for having me
1: on. It's our pleasure. Uh, for everybody listening at home, Charlotte was uh, dumped in this by her fiancé, Rob Brady. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he called me up one day and he said, you need to get Char on. She knows far more than I do and will be a better guest than I ever was. And so I thought, let's do it.
2: Oh, he speaks very <laughs> highly of me,
0: doesn't he? No pressure. <laughs> he reckons that you'd be able to give us more value than he did. So. Oh, okay so yeah that's that's what we're doing yeah yeah, absolutely can you talk us through your career so far Charlotte and kind of your background into agency and how you've ended up
2: yeah I kind of fell into lettings in all honesty and despite being in it for nearly 14 years now it wasn't an industry I consciously decided to go into funnily enough I I was working at JJB when I was 17 years old went into the pub to meet my mum and the current owners of the owners of Regal were in there and overheard me talking about my job and, you know, I wanted to leave and find something else and they had a receptionist position. So I started there as receptionist in October, 2006. Then I got promoted to PA to the lettings director at the time. Then I went to property manager to senior property manager. And then at 22, myself and Rob took over the the department from the previous management. Uh, The department had just begun to stagnate a bit shall we say there's no Hmm. real growth um so we stripped everything back went back to basics resystemized everything you know we were working till midnight every night for six months the previous management were trying to tout our business as well Hmm. so we had a bit of a fight in the beginning and then within a couple of years we doubled the portfolio
1: I'm interested to know what back to basics sort of really look like Um, because a lot of people that we we speak to say that, but it's always good to get uh, different opinions on what back to basics is. So
2: we looked at all of our, the, the, processes currently in place, all of our documentation, our terms of business, terms of conditions, the way that we worked things from a property going to market to a tenant moving in and moving out. And as it, you know, analyzed it, did it work? Was it streamlined enough? was it smooth was it efficient uh we reworded all our documents and our processes and retrained the staff and made it a better more efficient way of working which meant we could do more and take on more
1: (laughs) do you think um the training of the staff played a big part in like you said in two years time we doubled the business like that's a pretty massive increase in in what uh, two years to some people might seem like a long time but i think in business it's a really short time Um, Was it the people or the processes more, or a bit of both?
2: I'd say processes is probably about 70 to 80%. Cool. Staff come and go. Staff are a bit of a trickier grey area. Um, But as long as you've got the correct process in place, then the staff will follow. Um, So if you don't have that set out correctly, then it's like the blind leading the blind.
0: Fair enough. That's really interesting um, because I listened to asad riaz on location 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 i think i think that's the company name and he talked about going through a process of what he called o-gapping all of mm-hmm. the systems that they use all all of the processes and basically reviewing everything and if it wasn't either outstanding or good making it su- as such is mm-hmm. that basically the process that that you and rob went through because i think i remember rob yes. talking about even how you answer the phone yes
2: yeah exactly yep yeah. we made everything more personal Uh, we encourage staff to spend that extra five minutes on the phone with customers, getting to know them, breaking down those barriers so that people then end up having a, they have an emotional connection to you. Mm. We're handling people's most valuable assets and it needs to be handled accordingly. So it's just those little tweaks to, so people realize they're talking to a human, not a call center.
1: Yeah. So again, I think, we, we harp on this probably more than we should, but all of that, like creating uh, an emotional connection, people realizing that they're talking to an actual human being is just common sense. Why do you think that it's not commonplace in so many agencies and why do so many agencies not spend the extra five minutes on the phone?
2: Because a lot of them out there are corporate, they're scripted yeah. uh, that, you know, that y- your call has to be five minutes and no, no longer. You have to say this in the, exactly this format. You cannot divert from that. Um, so they're, they're not given the freedom. It's all about numbers, 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 we're getting the numbers in where we're more about the customer service. Um, and it's two different styles of agency, in my opinion.
1: It, it's interesting to me that that first style even exists because uh, yeah. you, 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 you make the point you're dealing with somebody's biggest asset, you know, um, and particularly one that they need to then maintain long-term because it's become to them, not just where they live. So they're not in inside those four walls every day, knowing if mm-hmm. there's mold or if something's gone wrong to then immediately fix it. So there's almost more of a responsibility on your shoulders and your yeah, team's shoulders than everybody else. And I, I find it amusing that so many companies do it the, the way that unfortunately you've just described where it's like, well, yeah. if we get 130 stick, that's 30 instead of going after 50 and getting 35 by, by mm-hmm. being service orientated.
2: Yeah.
1: Um I, I want to ask you a question. So that was all really positive. Um, <laughs> and uh, not every day is a great day in real estate, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so no, I'm, one not. of the things that we're trying to encourage with this podcast is talking about challenges that have been faced and then how we've overcome them. A lot of the people on here will talk to us and we'll ask questions about the wins as well as the losses. And so mm-hmm. like, what, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had in that career um, so like nearly 14 years is a long time. And then, what have you done to overcome them?
2: So, we've had both personal and professional challenges to, to face. Um, staffing, I'd say, is, is a massive, massive challenge. Finding the right people that will follow your ethos. And when you re mm. systemize things or, or put changes in place, people don't like that. They'll drop off or, or leave, and they, they won't follow your ultimate goal that's been quite a big challenge uh when we first took over we had a very high staff turnover I mean property management does have a high turnover anyway as a general rule because it's it can not be a pleasant job people don't always speak to you in a nice way when their boiler breaks down but uh, you know it's part and parcel of the role. um so that has been you know we've been left for six months with you know less than half a team which in peak times is a struggle but our core staff have always, we pulled in together, we've done the overtime and made it work. So you you do need your team around you and, or a certain percentage of your team that share your goal and and will have your back in those sort of ride or die situations because that's what gets you through. (laughs) Um, Personal challenges, I've, I've had a couple of bereavements that's taken me out of the business quite suddenly. I lost my 15 year old brother in 2014. Um, and then my mother in 2018 had uh, suicide. So that the most recent one, we were out of the business for quite a long time. Obviously my, my mental state wasn't so great then. So the, the department suffered as a result of that, but we had our core team that when we returned, we had to fight for, a, it took about a year to get back to where we were pre that happening. So it's not just, it's all, you know, pers- staff have personal problems as well. But mm they impact on the workplace or even though they shouldn't they do
1: I, I think that they they absolutely should um, I mean yeah, especially when
2: we're yeah. in a independent we're a family
1: yeah <clears throat> thank, thank you We've for got sharing a, a very that.
2: tight-knit team no you're welcome
1: um, it does come back to that piece that you made earlier about how important it is to have the right people in place because um, certainly it, it, I know in marks business and our business in in everything that you've gone through those personal challenges happen and most of the time they happen uh, at exactly the wrong time for yeah. There's never a right time for anything like that to happen, but mm-hmm. most of the time they happen at also exactly the wrong time when there's other things happening as well. And if you don't have those ride or die people with you, yeah, you know, it, it makes it very difficult to even come Definitely. back to it, let alone come back and see success again in what I think is a really mm-hmm. short amount of time. So thank you it's so difficult much for, for the
2: customers that. as well, because they feel the knock on effects of that. Mm. But because of the relationship that we build with our customers, I was able to be honest with them about exactly what was happening. And yeah. they, they stayed with us. You know, they supported us through that time as well. Whereas if they were just a number and we treated them as, as such, they probably would have left.
0: And it goes back to that personal bit that you talked about right at the start you created that personal bond um with with your customers i saw um a post that rob put on facebook on sunday international women's day um about that and as sam said thank you very much for sharing that and i think sometimes in business there's much more important things like you know what what you just discussed um the way you overcame those challenges by the sound of things was having the best people in that shared yes. your vision shared your values and were willing to go to war for you whether that was when you mm-hmm. were, um you know had your personal circumstances or whether that was when you know you had lower staff numbers so mm-hmm. how do you, how do you find those best people and how do you retain them because one thing i was really interested in charlotte is mm-hmm. and the first thing i've written down on my notes is over the 14 years you've had um you know really good career progression is mm-hmm. that something that you instill in the team from as soon as they yes, yes
2: Yes, so we've, I mean, we found them by accident, really. Um, We find the best people come from hospitality, um, Mm. like a pub kind of background, that kind of environment. Or JJB. (laughs) I was a waitress and a a barmaid as well at some point. (laughs) Um, But you just, some people just have that inbuilt fire in them, that grit and determination. And, Mm. you know, I think people have either got it or they haven't sometimes you can you can instill it into someone um, and then when you recognize those people you do you push them because you want them to progress and you build them up and you train them um so my senior property manager now my number two who I couldn't be without um she started as an egg with us uh, went to property manager and within six months of property manager you know we said no you you deserve more we're going to promote you to senior property manager. so I mean you do have to work with them and delegate relinquish a certain amount of control so that they can grow on their journey Mm. uh, which is uh, difficult for some managers
1: (laughs) i can relate to that feeling absolutely
2: (laughs) i still struggle
1: yeah but But i think that that at a point shows your passion i uh, we've got some people that uh work here who've been here now a year and have that they are in the you know moment one strategy meetings and stuff like that and a year ago they were like i never thought that we'd be doing this and it's probably taken nearly that long for us to be like, you know, we don't need yeah. to, we, we can let go of the reins just a tiny bit. And, and, and I think it's just, you need people to share your passion. And then yes. once, once they share your passion, then it's easy. <laughs> the, yeah, that the, everything else flows, you know, because even if they might not understand the mechanics of exactly what to do, if the passion's there, they'll learn about it yes, and they won't, exactly. they won't rush to make, um, mistake mistakes will happen but they won't rush into it blind they'll go mm-hmm. they'll try and be cautious about potentially making mistakes and things like that And i think that's all you can ask of really good people
2: yeah definitely i mean we we're just training up uh, my second senior property manager now so we've got another one climbing the ranks
0: Fantastic. nice very that's cool good. that's good. that's great stuff um we've talked quite a lot about um staff charlotte what what would you say would be the best piece of advice you could give to any of our listeners um, today when it comes to growing manage- management, growing properties under management? What's, you know, if there's one little gem that you could you could give, what have you found to be really effective? It's not one
2: size fits all. You have to adapt and tailor yourself to that individual to so get the d- best out of the relationship.
0: To so tailor it to the individual as in the, la- the individual landlord? Yep. So tell me more about how you would do that in in sort of practice. How does your I suppose service maybe differ from one landlord to the next? how How wide is that range? Oh that's, that's very wide.
2: Uh, how long is a piece of string? but it depends we've got You've got some landlords that are slightly more formal. they don't want to break down those barriers. they don't want to be personalized. you yeah. will forever call them Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. It's never on a first name basis, so you you deal with them in that manner in that respect mm. and give them that respect. Um, And as long as you keep to that, that, that boundary, they're fine. And then you've got the others that, you know, they want to go and have a pint with you down the pub Um, and they'll let you spend, they'll give you a limit and they don't really mind what you do with their property. They don't even want to know about it. So we just get it all sorted for them. Others want everything run by them at every single point. So it's, we do that depending on what they want and how they like. And you're constantly learning as situations arise how they like things managed
0: and do you have a process of asking them or is it just sort of intuition and experience
2: intuition and experience uh but we do always particularly with new landlords we'll ask the questions because you have to we we go to them and say well how would you like this handled and then from you know every year after that we just do that we don't need to ask the question they don't get bothered and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing
1: Very good. That that was my question. So thanks, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Great, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Maybe this is a good time to to ask uh, a question on fees because we've spoken to a few, um, I guess, lettings managers, people who run lettings teams, and a lot of the conversations that we've had have been around service, but we've actually never talked about. Um, fee and maintaining higher fees in, in mm-hmm. property management and, and lettings and everything like that. So if you're using that intuition, you're setting and asking these questions to set their expectations early and you're changing your approach to match your client, how do you then combat uh, we call uh, our favorite agent Barry down the road who comes in. So Barry walks in after you sat down and run them through the perfect process of, of mm-hmm. having everything in management and Barry goes, well, I'll do it for half that. How are you combating that? And how are you maintaining a good fee to, to again, pay for the good service and the good people you have in your business?
2: You just have to try and point out what those kind of agents aren't really compliant. They don't know about the, lo, the legislation or the local authority sort of things that need to be picked up on for properties. Um, so they'll say, yes, I'll do it for half but you've got a property there that doesn't have the C4 classification to be an HMO, but mm. I'm going to advertise it well no so we'll counter those with industry knowledge and that person will generally realize I got half a spiel there from that person and this one was much more informative they knew what they were talking about they advised me what I need to do what I need to look out for the consequences and implications that that is for me so they automatically see our worth against that agents don't get me wrong we do still lose business to that cheaper fee because some uh, People are just money orientated. They don't really care for the service that they're getting. Um, they soon come back a couple of years down the line. Yeah. They knock on the door again uh, once they've realised and experienced that. You can't always beat a cheaper fee. It's just we, we have to accept it. Um, but generally, we, just, we, get, we provide them with the knowledge of what we do, how we do it, and why paying that fee is worth it
0: that's all you can do do you think in this day and age there's a little bit um about scaring landlords because of the amount of legislation maybe scaring to the wrong word maybe educating would be a little bit better because there's so many pieces of legislation so to justify mm. your fee do you have to take them on a journey when they then sit back and think, oh my god i don't want to do this on my own or i don't want to do this with barry
2: Yes, definitely. It has to be informative but not boring, because they just won't pay attention yeah and um, and trying to make it not sound so negative because that's all legislation mm-hmm. seems to be this is oh my God, I'm going to have to spend out more money,'m my tax rates are being cut, this, that, and the other, and it feels like they're just being beaten at every point in the road, so it's educating them to say, "Well, hey, yes, this has happened." this is what we can do to work with you to counter it and just take them on that journey to show them that it doesn't have to be so scary and that if you are a good landlord and you maintain your property and you do what we're telling you to do, it can still be a very fruitful venture.
0: And do you talk about rent potentially going up in the future as these, all this legislation comes in and maybe drives some landlords out of the market?
2: Yes, I mean, we have seen that happen. Obviously, the tenant fee ban came in last year. And mm-hmm. um, so, a lot of landlords have wanted to exit the market, um, but others have kind of stuck with it. Rents have increased, but there is still a ceiling. You know, they can't continue to increase rents with an, an unknown end result because that's, that's ridiculous and, and you can't expect that to happen. But rents will rise as a result of this. And then, as you get more and more rents within the area, that it, it, it will go up, but there is a ceiling.
1: Can I ask a question on on the rental chat uh, because I feel like the agent that manages where I rent handles this conversation really badly (laughs) Um, and that's how do you manage the rental increase conversation in the right way with the tenant because sometimes the tenant is the best asset that a a landlord can have and you know rents have to go up but there's probably a better way than sending an email that has no one's name on it. Just to say, uh, as of next week, your rent will be going up or whatever, which I'm pretty sure isn't legislated anyway. Um, but is that what, yes. like, is that what happened to you? Uh, yeah. And I just said, no, and I still pay the same rent that I did three years ago. So <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, I mean, we, we start uh, renewal discussions sort of three months before the end of the tenancy. Cool. Uh, we will, we might suggest a rental increase, but we always say to landlords and encourage landlords that it is better to have keep your tenant than have to find a new one. Mm. Generally, we sort of go for, we'd rather longer term tenancies. It is much better for the tenant and the landlord that way. So if you do put an increase on, keep it minimal. You know, 10 to 15 pounds max. I mean, I've seen other agencies do 50 to 100 pounds on a rent mm. increase annually. And that's just completely ridiculous. I mean, who can afford that? That's not morally right. And it's not manageable. The the landlord then ends up losing a tenant. The tenant then has to move. It serves no purpose for either party. And all the while that property is empty, the agent isn't getting anything out of it. Mm. So keep it manageable for both parties and realistic to manage both parties, expectations and needs.
0: I always think if someone's happy in a house why would they move out for 25 exactly a month? yeah but then wait, i'm not in london am i sam what did they want to put yours up by <laughs> uh
1: ours so our rent is 1680 quid a month for a two bed uh, and they wanted to make it 1850. oh wow Wow. yeah um we we, we we hadn't had the rental increase in two years and we hadn't heard from our property manager in two years uh, and i said oh. before we talk about rental increase maybe we should get a gas safety certificate uh, maybe we should do a and, and oh. so the, the landlord was in this email so i, I went mm-hmm. back to them and said maybe we should get a gas safety certificate um maybe you should do a quarterly inspection a six monthly inspection we're fortunate enough that i can send you some photos that our house is still in really good nick oh
2: wow, um, wow. yeah
1: and we just started That's to get really some bad. some mold somewhere <laughs> so i said and, and while we're on this maybe this should take care of and then the landlord just emailed back just saying like I trust you guys keep the rent the same and so that was two and a half years ago
2: yeah Yeah. exactly that so you've got to make sure you're managing the property well as well to be able to warrant that increase
1: probably stories like that of how their competition justifies a higher fee than they might imagine you know yes
2: and this is why the industry has got such a bad name because of of instances like that i mean it's you can't tie everyone with the same brush because that's not all how all agencies work but You have got those rogue landlords or rogue agencies out there that do act maybe in a bit of a shark practice kind of way yeah
0: that's that's absolutely horrific sam and (laughs) i think um charlotte you're you're absolutely right if you're going to increase the rent then surely if you've got a good relationship with the tenant that you've got a greater chance of making that increased rent stick rather than exactly
1: or or just don't be lazy and pick up the phone and say yeah did you know that the rents in your area have increased? Your landlord's asked us uh, uh, you know, to consider if you guys would, would pay a little bit more every month just to bring them in line with what the average is. Yes, like that, exactly. How, how, how much easier is that to have a conversation? I mean, the tenant has yeah. every right to be like, well, we prefer not to. We really yep. want to stay here. But then you go yes. back to the landlord and say, I spoke to them. They really want to stay there. They're great tenants. Maybe we should keep it at the same. hmm and so suddenly, it's back to everything you've been talking about: relationship, emotional buy-in, good people working with good people, tenants having good stories to tell about you. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've just got one of the poorer estate agents, uh, maybe in the world, who manages my property, but it's, <laughs> it, it's worked for me financially. So I shouldn't yeah. complain too much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying your story of awful, Your stories of awful estate agents over the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, don't try and buy a house in London, it doesn't work.
2: <laughs> yeah, the London uh, market, I've had friends that rent and oh, the problems that they've had and yeah. uh, they, I get involved. You shouldn't, you shouldn't stand for this, quote all the legislation and then no like, oh, I'll get cheap rent, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let it be. <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe that's our call, we need to speak to some good London state agents in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Change yeah. our own business. Balance it out, yeah.
2: Um, there will be some
1: Yeah, there there are, I mean we we know plenty it's just unfortunately that they don't have anything I want to buy sadly yet they're all (laughs) a bit above where I am
0: (laughs) Um, Charlotte just to um, wrap this up a question that we ask all um, of our guests, I don't know whether Rob's primed you but um, what does world class estate agency look like to you
2: it should be professional with a bit of fun uh, but most of all it should be honest um so there should it should have security knowledge and trust
1: security knowledge and trust i like that
0: i'm trying to write as fast as i can <laughs>
1: yeah no um that was a good answer thank you maybe you had prepared for that
2: yeah <laughs> I, I did prepare my answers
1: <laughs> very good <laughs> at least somebody was prepared for a podcaster with us I like the organized. <laughs> yeah I'm, very I'm good i a
2: bit of a geek that way
1: no i think organization is a superpower and if you've got it, uh, it, it definitely helps, I think, manage uh, stress, anxiety, keep you calm, all that sort of stuff.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: Um, so, I, yeah, I just want to say thank you, Charlotte, um, again, for, for sharing that personal story. I think uh, it takes a lot of guts and courage, one, to talk about that so openly, but two, to go through it and come back out the other side. Um, and I'm sure that there are people listening to this who may have gone through similar things and to know that there are other people out there sharing the same um, challenges. Uh, Personal and professional. um, It is always a good thing to help stay on the path to towards the light. So, thank you, Mm -hmm. Um, and thank you for sharing all your knowledge. Thank you very much for having me on. It's it's been a pleasure from from both of us.
2: Thank you. Let's talk to you again. Thank you. Cheers. All right.
0: Take
1: care. Bye. Bye. Cool. Mate, your little app for cancelling out noise was amazing. I can't hear that clap.
0: I don't even know it's. I didn't even know it was on. No, well, I, I can't couldn't hear, hear
1: that clap. clap at all. No, it's incredible.
0: Let me let me see if it is. Could you hear Ray when she was moving shit around in the background? No, I did. I did mute her a bit, but um. Oh, awesome! If, if that's. It's, well Jerry is putting a lot of good stuff out. He's practicing what he preaches as well, isn't he? He is, man. I mean, he's
1: just a legend. You know. Um, yeah don't know what more to say he's just been the guy like we've had a couple of emotional conversations over the past week where we've just been trying to you know figure this out talk each other through it make sure that we're there for each other but also that we're doing whatever we can for anyone else that needs it Um, and sometimes when I had a particularly bad day um, I think Thursday where I was just it was like agent after agent Where two people called me who were let go. And they said, you send that email out on Tuesday. It said, call you if you need it. So we're calling you. And I was like, oh, guys, like I'm here for you. But nice. uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was, you know, that, that was nice, but it was, I had no energy left at the end of the day, you know, yeah. one of, one of our um, team members was sick here. So I was a little bit anxious about whether I was sick. So I was, you know, listening, and I was sleeping in separate rooms and stuff like that. So I had a call from Jerry, I had a call from Stephen, um, and they both just sort of listened to how bad my day was, and then they were just like, <laughs> "We all have bad days. We're gonna have bad days tomorrow, but at least we got people to talk to, you know." So, yeah.
0: and, and Andy's the
1: same. You so know, I've talked every day for like ten days, I reckon. So there's good people around,
0: which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm, 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 we're massive part of that idea sharing estate agency drive that's going on at the moment which is you know is massive isn't it yeah for right. sure. what 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 notes we got to talk about
1: should we um should we just jump in and unpack it
0: yeah just do it so a massive thank you to charlotte dyer once again for joining us on today's episode of the world class agency podcast and um, i don't know about you sam but um, a lot of really good takeaways. We've not had a lot of um, lettings agents on the podcast. And obviously it's such an important part of um, a lot of estate agency businesses. But I, I took a lot of that. There was I had a lot of learning because I'm mainly involved in sales rather than in lettings. But I, I had a lot of really good takeaway. I've got a full page of notes yet again.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's probably something that we need to highlight more given... Even, even situation that we find it ourselves in now, lettings are what's going to probably prop a lot of businesses up over the next yeah. couple of months. And so, to just again, it's been funny timing when we've managed to release these podcasts because they've sort of all worked when they needed to work. Um, but I think
0: that's luck rather than really good planning for it. That, that, is, that is sheer <laughs> blind luck.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> um, but it's nice, you know, there wasn't anything in there that was. Uh, I mean, it was all really practical stuff, but there wasn't anything in there that was like, oh, that's a, you know, that's like warp speed, new idea. It was really just talking about nailing your processes, you know, going back to basics, spend that extra five minutes on the phone so that you get an actual emotional connection with your landlord, and that's going to lead to higher fees, better retention. Um, Yeah, it all made sense to me. And it just, it reinforces, there's no difference between an estate agent or a letting agent you know, everyone's just an agent and you do your job.
0: I reckon there's a lot of estate agents or letting agents that would disagree with you there because I think that a good letting agent is has different skills to a good estate agent. We could perhaps have this debate, but um our lettings manager at Moving Works. Um actually has come in to do a lot more sales recently and she's really really good at sales but for many years been very uncomfortable um but she is uh very straight talking and doesn't take any stick from landlords or tenants and i think as a letting agent there's certain skills that you've got to have um that are slightly different from from an agent so i think there are um differences charlotte talked um a little bit about this, but one of, the, one of my favorite things, um, and jumping around a little bit, not doing this in sort of chronological order, one of my favorite things that she talked about is not having a one-size-fits-all strategy for landlords, because I bet there's loads of estate agents that treat every landlord exactly the same and think that you know this is you know a rigid process, this is what you do, this is how we communicate with you, this is what we do. And I think you know she summed it up really well by you know, putting that down as one of the reasons why they've doubled the business in what two years did you say I think it was so
1: yeah it, it, it does again it's, it's something that when you hear it put so plainly like that it makes a lot of sense um yeah. and if you come back to talking about the process the process is exactly that you you follow the same process it's like um when we talk about understanding your message rather than having a script you know if you're rigid in what you're doing and you have a script for every landlord, you're never really going to relate to any of them except the one that perfectly fits your script. But if you understand your message and you get your process right, then it makes you can just adapt that to whoever you are in front of and really make it about them. Like she said something like, oh, and I'm going to ruin this, but she, like, agents need to realize that um, who they're talking to are human beings or something like that, that they're real people. And they're not.
0: She talked about be breaking down the barriers and being really personable, didn't she?
1: Yeah, and like it just um, we were talking about this on on that webinar this morning. Like, speak to people like they're your mum. Like, be respectful, but be uh, as as sort of upfront as you can and conversational as you can. You know, you would. I, I see people who write emails or they'll talk to people and, and they'll be like, my team and myself will be around anytime soon. And you would never say that to somebody that you were really comfortable talking to. So it's really difficult to have a relationship with them if you use that kind of language. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, Charlotte hit a nail on the head like realize that your landlords are people. Talk to them like they're people and, and they'll probably talk back to you like you're a person too.
0: And I think one of the things with that is that some landlords might prefer to be spoken to as you just described, but actually something really, really simple that, that I wrote down that she said, ask them ask them how they want to be dealt with and spoken to and how they want their you know one of their massive investments um to be dealt with and then note it down stick to it make sure all of the teams stick to it and then you're not having to ask them and you're not having to annoy them by ringing them when they said oh no i wanted you just to go straight to your contractor i want you to go straight to our contractor or you know imagine managing a rental property and ringing the landlord to say oh you got safety checks uh, due do you want us to um, arrange for our guy to do it? And he said, well, look, you ring me every year. I'll tell you every year, yes, just do it. It's a much better service just to note it down and then carry out you know, exactly the service that he expects to receive or she expects to receive.
1: Agreed. It's going to save everybody time. And, and that comes back to process again. Like you, you look for any efficiency you can in your business. Asking those questions at the start of a relationship and then just doing what you say you're going to do just makes a lot of sense. Um, I think yeah. a lot of that comes down to Charlotte was talking about one of the, like that one of the biggest challenges and this was echoed when Rob came on as well was uh, getting the staff to buy into it. And even if you've got the best process and you are adapting depending on every landlord and you're treating them like a human being and you're spending five minutes more with them, staffing is the biggest challenge and a lot of people don't like change or they don't like growth. And so you've really got to look for those people who have that, you know, inbuilt fire, that grit and determination, you know, and so that if you sense that in somebody you push them you know because you know that they want to progress and you know that um they'll respond to it the right way and if you push them and they don't then maybe they're the wrong people for
0: your business absolutely she talked about that from the staff and we've had a few people talk about recruiting on culture and values and and all of that and i don't think there's been a time in our lifetimes never mind you know within the state agency but i don't think there's been a time in our lifetimes where um it's been more demonstrable how important culture is some of the favorite um email updates that i've read have related everything that's going on in the business so one of the local solicitors said um this is our coronavirus policy and sorry to mention that word but uh, we're going to relate all of it didn't say this but that's what they, did, they related all of everything that they're doing back to their people, their technology, um, their innovation, and there was one other as well. Um, but it's, it's relating it all back to that. And in times of uncertainty, I've heard you talk about it very well as well over the last week or so, relating it back to the culture. And I think you've got to sit down and define that. Um, and she talked about, um, as you say, grit and determination. Um, within her business using it for staff and then at the moment using it to to communicate as well I think is really really important
1: yeah I just stole those words right out of her mouth because I think she nailed it perfectly um, yeah I agree interestingly on the lettings piece and this is probably where you and I were nodding along the most because it was new to us like there's so much more um, knowledge legislation information that you need to know as a lettings manager, even as a lettings neg compared to, there's a lot of stuff you've got to know on the sales side of things as well, but it really does get next level with the lettings. And I'm glad, excuse me, I'm glad that Charlotte reinforced that point that, you know, outside having charisma and personality and being a good person and understanding your processes, you've, you've really just got to know your stuff as well to the point where you have those answers as soon as somebody asks you a question.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's really stepped up on the letting side of things in the last few years, hasn't it, legislation wise? Um, but Charlotte used that as her justification for higher fees. And, you know, is there has there ever been any, you know, bigger justification? What did she say? Something like, you know, um, they combat it by providing the knowledge, explaining how they work and why they work that way. And I think that's a really effective um, way, she says, being informative, not boring. Um, and definitely not negative, but basically po- pointing out the risks, which I think if you're wanting to grow a managed portfolio is a massive thing for you to do with your landlords now, point out the risks, which to landlords are huge, absolutely massive. Um i don't know about you just one final thing before we do wrap up um my sort of final notes which i think is a really important um part of the process for a lettings company at the moment um to try and justify the fees with um everything that has gone on in this industry over the last couple of years but she talked about starting renewal discussions three months before the end of the tenancy
2: Hmm.
1: yeah Um, it makes a lot of sense to me you're giving a lot of people either advanced comfort that they're you know, or so much notice that they can move um, in a calm and sensible manner. And I reckon most of the issues, particularly from tenants um, and maybe better experiences would be solved if people just had a little bit longer to know whether they were moving, you know
0: yeah absolutely and she pointed out didn't she you know at least if you start those conversations three months before maybe by the time the renewal does come around you're more likely to get them onto it but it's much you know much wiser to have it actually occupied than vacant and i really enjoyed your story about um your (laughs) acting agent how how not to do it hey yeah i on
1: on the moving note um this is probably a bit off topic but i was i was having a chat with our esteemed um niche property industry, UK wide podcast rival, David Mintz earlier this afternoon. And he articulated this better than I ever could, but he was explaining to me just how important where somebody lives is to them. Um, yep. we, were, we were having a discussion about social housing and, you know, sort of visions for how we could impact that in our lifetime. And he was just, it was quite an emotional chat about how you think about if someone's forced to move house, particularly tenants and they actually end up uprooting their entire family. Their kids have to go to a new school. They've got to find new friends, create new social bonds. It can be quite uh, impactful in, in a not so positive mm-hmm. way if they are just upped and moved in a month's time. And so giving that ad a notice or trying your best, you know, Charlotte said it's better to keep your tenant than to find a new one. It's better for everybody. Just, either giving them time where they might not have to uproot their families because they've got more time to find somewhere else to live in that local area um, or better yet giving them enough time to stay is, is just so important in people's lives. And, you know, there's enough shit going on in the world right now that we all think about our businesses nonstop. But if you can think about people's lives as well, your businesses are probably being a better place. And, and yeah. I would urge anybody to spend 10 minutes talking to David about that because the way he describes it just makes you sit up and realize how important it actually is to get this sort of stuff right and how important a lettings manager a landlord a lettings neg actually is in so many people's lives in your community
0: absolutely i couldn't i couldn't put it better myself um sam thank you very much um just before we do go um a massive thank you to to charlotte dyer and um, Last thing for me to say, I really, really appreciated her honesty as well. When she came on, she talked yeah. about her personal challenges as well, which must have been quite difficult um, for her to, to do. So thank you very much, Charlotte. We really, really appreciate um, both your time and, and your honesty. Um, thank you, Sam. And thank you to everyone for, for listening. I'm Mark Worrell. He's been Sam Hunter. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.